0: Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or lost your 10th gratitude journal, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. A year ago this week, I launched the wake up with gratitude podcast. What had started out as a 30 days of self love project turned into something much bigger than I had ever imagined. I am so proud to be almost at hundred episodes in my first year of this podcast and so excited that I've been able to share interviews with over 75 people with you on the podcast It's such an exciting time for the podcasting space, and I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for every time you listen to an episode. Thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends, and thank you for your continued loyalty to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. Over the next several weeks, I'll be launching many new podcast episodes with the goal of sharing the 100th episode with you on January 1st. 2021. Stay tuned because there's also going to be a fun giveaway to go with the 100th episode of the wake up with gratitude podcast. I'm so excited to share with you another great podcast interview with you. So please help me welcome our newest guest. Nicole Natras shares with us how she's continued to evolve over the years as a multi-passionate artist and creative soul. A professional actor, director, and playwright by trade, Nicole became a certified addiction counselor after volunteering at a rehab center for many years. She found a way to continue her work on the stage and screen while serving a population that desperately needed her skills. Those skills as an artist and writer led her to becoming a creative journaling facilitator, and most recently, publishing her book, Especially for Kids just the two of us, a soft place for tender hearts to land. Nicole currently lives on Vancouver Island in the quiet seaside village of Lanceville, just like me. Hello and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and this morning... I am so incredibly grateful to be interviewing a local entrepreneur. So I want to say welcome to Nicole Nattress. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Oh, showcasing is, Lanceville.
0: Yes, Lanceville, local Yay. Not, not just Nanaimo. We are Lanceville. Lanceville. Entrepreneurs. For those who are wondering what Lanceville is, well, if you're new to the podcast, you haven't heard me talk about it, but I do talk about it in my intro a lot. I love taking photos from our beautiful Lanceville beaches here. We are a tiny seaside village, 3,500 residents, and we are proud to live in our little village. So Mm -hmm. Nicole is an actor, director, playwright by profession. She also is an author. She wrote a beautiful book, Just the Two of Us, A Soft Place for tender hearts to land, um, especially for children. Uh, It's a creative journaling experience and she'll explain all of that. It's a book that she uh, put together during COVID-19 times. She's also a certified addiction counselor and a creative journaling facilitator. So I have to say that Nicole, it certainly sounds like your story has a lot of twists and turns and forks in the road, especially during this time when the arts are basically being pushed aside and we'll get into that conversation. But Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story, Um, you know, how you went from, you know, getting into acting and then writing and journaling and addiction counselor i just love for you to share that story with us.
1: Well, thanks so much for inviting me to be on. Um, thank you. And uh, I just want to acknowledge the land that I'm on today. Uh, very grateful to the Sinanawas First Nation and Sinanama, uh First Nation to be on their territory today. And um, I'm actively working to be a better ally in my life here. So just want to say that. Um, you know, uh, whenever I hear myself being introduced, I always think like, how can I do those many things? Like how, how, so it, it's been interesting because, um, I like variety and I'm really ruled by creativity and everything I do. And, you know, I went to theater school at U of Vic. I graduated in 1991 and became a professional actor, worked across the country, and professionally, uh, and I started writing my own plays primarily because I wanted to hear different voices. I wanted to tell different stories. And I also got to a point in my career where I realized it was all about me. Mm-hmm. And I needed to do something. And so I walked up to this treatment center in Toronto, right across from the art gallery of Ontario. I don't know that on Dundas Street. I mean, you probably I, more I know.
0: And <laughs> I'm, I, we're both, we, you know that's something we have in common is we're yeah. both from uh the Toronto area so yeah, yeah I remember oh, what a beautiful place anyway, it's so nice start. yeah so you walk into this treatment center
1: uh it was a women's center and I asked to volunteer and so I volunteered there for a year and um I ended up being nominated for volunteer of the year and I was surprised and the manager at the time said you know Um, you're really good here. Do you want to earn your certification while you work? And I was like, okay, Uh, as long as I can still, you know, pursue some of my other theater and film and TV career. And she said, yeah, why don't we do it on a part-time basis? So I actually received clinical supervision over four years, uh, which was just an amazing experience. I'm so grateful to Betty Walker, who uh, saw something in me and, and it changed my world, you know, as in, in, in every way, um, as an actor, as a writer, as a human being, um, working frontline with women ages 15 to 99 uh, at a 21 day treatment center, you know, it was incredible. So from there, um, it was, I got my certification and I started to use journaling work with women in the center. And I have been an avid journaler since, you know, my little dear diary in grade five. And I've always used it as an artist, as a creator. And I started to see that I could use it uh, with the women and encourage them to journal for self-care. And so I launched a course called Creative Journaling the Promises of Recovery for, for men and women in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction and their families. And that's kind of how the I started to marry these two sides, the creative side and the, the counseling facilitation side. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell how, how I ended up where I am. And I actually want to just point out something that I think a lot of creative people
0: struggle with is the marrying of like a more like work kind of profession with the creative side. I know it's something that I struggled with for many many years, it took me a long time to figure out what Wake Up With Gratitude actually was, right? I had the name and the vision for that business, but I didn't know how to like put all the pieces together. It took me quite some time. So I love Mm -hmm. that your story, you know, brings those pieces together and then you're serving people in a way that they likely were not being served before, because sometimes, you know, when we're looking at a profession that's very rigid and has rules, it's harder to find space for creativity. So did you find that, you know, you're working within an organization and an institution, when you first started bringing up this work, was it well received, were people
1: excited? No, okay, tell me about that. No, well well there, I mean, now it is, right? Because the scientific research is there. That, that talks about what happens when we pick up a pen, what happens to our right and left brain. But at the time it was like, oh, do you mean scrapbooking? We don't have time for scrapbooking. And, right, so there's there was that. Um, but I also created a course for the counselors, for the helping professionals, and it was certified. It is, it's still available, certified by the Canadian Addiction Counseling Certification Federation. Say that five times fast. Um, and, and so I saw that there was a need, right? I mean, burnout and, and service uh, burnout is a huge thing, you know, uh, that I was watching counselors around me uh, being stressed out and picking up secondary trauma. And I was like, this works, you know, and the big piece too with journaling is that it's accessible. You don't need to have a lot of money to go to a spa for self-care. You can actually pick up a pen and a piece of paper and tune into yourself and, and, you know, my work is really about no rules. So there's no right or wrong in the journaling. Um, I've worked with people who um, have literacy issues. Um, So it's really about freedom. And and then I fall back on my my creative training as an artist where we get to bend the rules and and, um, have freedom of expression. I think when you talk about to about this their connection between
0: physically holding a pen or a pencil or a marker, or whatever, and what yep. it does to your brain, I agree. So I I love to journal like you. I actually journaled from a very young age. This summer, actually, funnily enough, I burned my journals from high school because I kind of just started reading them. And I'm like, this is actually really toxic what I was writing about. And it was definitely not a gratitude journal. I'll tell you that right now. Right. And I wanted to like, you know, put that chapter in my life kind of to rest. And so I did that, which is really cool. But then I still have, I have boxes of journals. I actually just put five journals into my special journal box. I keep my journals. I love you know, for me, I write as a gratitude journal. And what I love is that even when the times were the toughest, I was still yeah. writing in my journal. And I love that it keeps a record of my life the good, the great, and the really crappy, but in a voice of gratitude. And when I first kind of went back to gratitude journaling, I was doing it on an old tablet. And I did that for a while. And then my whole document disappeared. And I said, you know what? Never again. I'm going back to the pen. And now, when I encourage people to do gratitude journaling, it's I say, get yourself a pen or a colored marker, whatever it is. Yeah. Physically write in
1: that book. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, And you can look at the science now. Mm. Um, It's like when when we pick up a pen, it's like we're giving the brain a massage. And (laughs) yeah. I love that. I had not
0: heard that before. I love that analogy. And one thing I do as well is when I journal, I actually use like cursive, like fancy mm-hmm. handwriting, which mm-hmm. I, I don't really use anywhere else. I print everywhere else, but for some reason I, I choose. And again, it's because there is, when you're connecting your letters like that, it has an effect on the brain. So I'm I'm actually really glad you brought that up because yeah. a lot of people listening to this podcast may already be doing their gratitude journaling, but they, maybe they're doing it on their phone or on a mm-hmm. tablet or maybe they're just, you know, printing or whatever. And I, I, love this like feeling of how how it really is like the massaging of the brain. and yeah. a, a pen. Did,
1: did you know that doodling? I had the opportunity to uh, work with an art therapist um, through the BC School of Art Therapy, and doodling um, is actually recommended. That is so nourishing for the brain, and they use that with stroke victims actually mm-hmm. to get their brain re- reactivated. So. Um, it's not just words that you can connect to. Like someone could do a gratitude journal and just doodle, right? Like it's, it's all about creative, whatever works for them. Right.
0: And allowing yourself, right. Allowing myself to just put whatever I want on the page. No one's judging you. No one's looking at it. I imagine that when you're working with people that have been, you know, that are going through rehab that are, have been through trauma and that kind of thing, like Yeah. There's probably a lot of editing that goes on before they're comfortable writing.
1: Yeah. And we all have had our own, you know, our own experiences and trauma. And I think that's, that's kind of brings me back to uh, why I titled my book, A Soft Place for Tender Hearts to Land. Um, Because I look around, and I realize that uh, we have a lot of people in the world who do not have that soft place to land without judgment, um without uh, feeling that someone is trying to better themselves off them. Um, and so I feel it's really important to to have a place to land, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. So we missed, but we're missing a part of the story. So you're right. in Toronto,
0: Yeah, you're working as an addiction counselor, mm-hmm. you're uh, working in theater, you're working in film. Yeah, you have this career. You meet a handsome man. That's right. <laughs> So because now you live in this tiny little seaside village of Lanceville. So there's a part of the story that we're missing. So how did you get from there, which really is a f- like one of the film and theater meccas in Canada, Mecca yes. being the other. How did you
1: end up over here on this island? Well, um, I was born in Edmonton. So I went to school at U of Vic. My folks have always been in Lanceville. Oh. So when I was at U of Vic, I was always traveling, you know, back home to visit my mom and dad. And I lived in Ottawa, Toronto, um, Vancouver, Victoria. And uh, I fell in love in Toronto and we were looking around and getting married. <laughs> and uh, the prices were just like insane. Like we were like, no, like we we're <laughs> never going to be able to afford to get married. We also couldn't afford a car in Toronto because mm-hmm. of the insurance costs. Okay. We had a friend give us a car for a dollar. We even had a parking spot. And we, we couldn't afford the insurance in Toronto, it was crazy. Anyway, we we just we came out here, I brought Paul out here to visit my folks to meet the family. And we were walking by Coston Hall and um, the little church. And I was like, huh, I wonder how much it would be to rent. <laughs> and we contacted him and he was like, I can't remember what it was, it was like, it was like $100. Yeah. And I was like, what, yeah. like what? And I was also very Toronto, like, why isn't he getting back to me like now? You know, it, it's like island time, right? Had to get into like, okay, and and I was like, and where do you drop off the keys? You know, and they're like, um, at the video store. Okay, you know. So we d- we decided to fly out and get married here. And um, my husband's dad passed away, and uh, he was in Edmonton, and we we had to do a lot of different stuff with. With that, and I think after Paul's 10th flight back to Edmonton, we said, you know, what if we what if we just took a year off? And um, I actually saw an ad on Craigslist for a rental house in Lanceville. Mm -hmm. And I I emailed him just on a whim. I thought this will be funny, I'll just email them. And uh, they said, judging from your surname, I know your mom and dad who are down the street. And I went, Okay, I think I think we should do this. So we decided to move out and, and then I, I got pregnant, which was, you know, uh, an amazing experience. And I was like, this is, this is the place that I want to land. Uh oh, I, and you know, I have to say, I've been here for uh, two years, three
0: years in BC. We spent 10 months on the mainland. It was not the right place for us at all. I didn't even know that Vancouver Island was where I wanted to live, but I mm-hmm. knew. I wanted to live. It was crazy. I used to dream of living in a place that had mountains, but was close to the water. That was what I wanted. I just knew that that's where I needed to live, but I didn't know that it was Vancouver Island. And, you know, it's not been easy for us to, you know, stay here for the past couple of years. We've been through a lot of difficult family challenges, but I'm wearing a hoodie that says Lanceville, Lanceville living. living,
1: right? Cause
0: I, There is something really magic and special. I know everyone's like, we should probably stop talking about how great Lanceville is actually, because uh, (laughs) no, well, there is development. There's, you know, you can come here. And yeah, it's a big change culturally from Toronto, Vancouver. The art scene is obviously very, very different, but we're in a very different world now. We're in a world where we have had to shift to doing things online. Mm -hmm. And we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording is, how the arts have been so devastated. Like there's so many things we can move online. Listen, my friend, uh, her son and his girlfriend are um, community theater, but like at a higher level, like they're both studying while they were, now they're not in their program to be professional actors. Mm -hmm. And they recorded um, a show and then they streamed it via Twitch, right? That's being creative, you know, Mm -hmm. there's like a hundred people watching, it was great but that's not live theater, right? Like that's not the experience. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, being someone who this was your world, how things have just really changed so dramatically. Friends, we'll be right back to the podcast after a short word from our sponsor. I don't know about you, but this time of year, one of my priorities is staying healthy. As we go into the long and dark winter months, it becomes harder and harder to do all the things that we would normally do to keep our immune system healthy, like getting outside, enjoying the sunshine. You know, I live on Vancouver Island. There's a lot of rain and gray days. And you know, if you know me, I love to go out to the beach and catch the sunrise or sunset. But my goodness when there's only about eight hours of daylight, it definitely makes it hard to stay healthy. So I wanted to share with you one of my secrets for staying healthy and keeping my immune system in check. And that is that for the past 16 years, I've been trusting my own health and my family's health to the nutritional supplements that are provided by USANA Health Sciences. I've been partnered with them for the past 16 years, and what I wanna share with you is just a foundation um, of nutritional supplements to help you to stay healthy this winter season. So what I've put together is a very simple combination of foundational products for our healthy immune system and to keep our cells happy and renewing well during these dark dark long winter days so what i'd like you to do is check out this link it's a bit.ly link so it's bit.ly forward slash healthy pandemic life very simple bit.ly slash healthy pandemic life that's all lowercase because bit.ly is our case sensitive and all I've done is shared with you some of my favorite USANA products. So I've shared our vitamin D product, I've shared our poly C, which is a vitamin C product, and pro which is a mouthful to say, but the long and the short of it is that it's a beautiful mushroom powder product with beta-glucans and zinc to help prime your immune system all year round. These are products I take every single day, I have for over a decade, and I wouldn't miss a day. So check that out, Healthy Pandemic Life. It's a bit.ly link. And I'll be happy to take care of all your nutritional needs through USANA Health Sciences.
1: Well, they have, right? I mean, I'm, I'm less in, in shock than I was initially, certainly. Um, you know, have had many uh, contracts and stuff canceled as a result. And I've watched a lot of my colleagues You know, from uh, stage managers to lighting designers to set designers to actors, writers, um, have their world shift. And, um, you know, I was fortunate in that uh, I launched a creative journaling online course a year and a bit ago, uh, which I was kind of resistant to for a while. And um, I'm really happy with the creation but I I feel really fortunate in that I have always juggled different opportunities. And um, so, you know, I haven't been as hard hit, but I also have a new play that I've written suddenly 50, which um, you know, was supposed to be going up. And I did do a 30 minute kind of online zoom thing and I'm grateful for zoom, but it, it was not the same. I don't want to launch a new play, um, you know, audience energy and feedback is so, so crucial to a new play. And, and I work and support new playwrights. Uh, and I just know that. So part of me is like, I, I don't really want to jump online with the theater thing. Um, many of my friends are, and it's great. But there is something, there's an exchange that happens that doesn't happen here. Um, we can't connect with our, our um, body language really you know from here up there's a synergy that happens and I'm certainly missing it and you know also as we were talking before there has been no phase three setup for theaters or the arts it's it's been focused on movies and uh and that's been really disappointing we know a lot of people are advocating for um to be able to to go back to work yeah right
0: well and also provide a part of our culture that is so critically important. And, you know, it's interesting you mentioned about the like connection with the audience. So it's, I had like a, almost like a dream, like a waking dream this morning about really missing hmm. speaking on stage in front of an audience. Yeah. I can do webinars all day long. I've been on zoom since 2013. This is yeah. not new territory for me. Yeah. But like you said, you know, I have like these special shoes that I would wear when I would speak. I have sparkly converse that I wear with my dress or my skirt. Like I, you know, it's like the act of performing, right? I and mean, you can't see my shoes on zoom. So, I mean, I could put them on, but it's not the same. Yeah,
1: And it's also like somatically, right? Like yeah. we pick up energy from each other. And so, and, and a whole audience, you can do the same show every single night. And, and it's going to be different because sense. of the yeah. audience, right? Some people are laughing more. Some people are yeah. crying more. It's like, you, you can't recreate that.
0: And even the like feeling of being backstage and yes. on and, you know, just that energy and anticipation that you just don't feel the same on a Zoom meeting. So yeah, um, I want to just really, you know, share with our audience that wherever you are, wherever you live um, if you can put aside a little bit of money, maybe like have a little like social fun account for when you can be supporting, or if your theater group yeah. has even a f- online fundraiser, yeah. if you can spare a little bit of time or energy or money to support people who are going to need our support desperately when we figure out how yeah. to make this work, because it it is a great trend. There's a lot that we've lost this year, but Losing the arts, um, Mm -hmm. which we've been fighting for for so many years, too. Like, Mm -hmm. arts have been, you know, cut again and again. And when we get back to culturally who we are as human beings, this ability to express ourselves creatively.
1: And it's, it's interesting, right, too, like a few people have brought up, I don't know if you saw that Facebook meme, but something about, you know, it's the first thing that everyone in the pandemic has gone to is like concerts, and like, where are the free concerts and musicians and artists offering generously all of, you know, um, offerings, right, for positive mental health and and all of that. So it is really important, like, yeah. Yeah, like you said, for
0: mental health, I mean, And that socialization and sharing the, like the shared experience of going to the theater together is not something, again, you can replicate from on your couch. So uh, so hopefully we've planted a seed for people to just keep that in mind and to be aware. And I wanted to ask uh, just a little bit more about this book, you know, that you wrote, Just the Two of Us. Why, who are the two of us that are in this book? What is it meant for? Who's your target audience that you're sharing this with?
1: Um, It's for anyone who cares about children's mental health. So if you're a caregiver or a grandparent or a parent, it really is for a a teacher, a counselor, um, nurse, doctors. I actually have to say that a doctor recently bought my book. She read it and she said, this needs to be in pediatric wards. She bought it. I was so, uh, and she emailed me and she dropped it off at the Comox Hospital in the pediatric ward because this is something that, you know, a par- parent or caregiver would be able to do with a child who was, say, in the hospital. Um, so it's really a trauma informed approach for connection and attachment with your child, uh, with a child, and to process what's going on. Um, to connect, to process, to have that soft place to land. Um, Kids are resilient and kids are affected by what's going on around them. You know, both statements are true. Yeah.
0: And they also lack the maturity and the skills to express um, their feelings of loss. Yeah. Because adults and even I shouldn't say as adults, many adults still struggle with that as well. But we've all there is trauma in living through a pandemic. Yeah, there's trauma in being cut off from your friends, your family, grandparents, cousins, uncles, aunts. That's traumatic for a child. And like you said, they'll bounce back. They're resilient. But I really love this. We know, like you said, it's trauma informed work, and it's interesting. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to hopefully be able to get my copy in the next few days from you. I'm so excited because. When yeah. I started reading more about what this was about, I thought, what a great activity for my daughter and I to do together. And so it's I'm for very- family
1: self-care, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah, you don't yeah. need to actually, you don't need, and that's one thing that I'm, when I do the next print copy of it, I'm going to think about because a lot of people think like, oh, well, well, I don't need to do it because you know, my child hasn't gone through trauma it's actually it's just about connection and attachment you know it's it's to catch everything so it's to catch the good days the crappy days we all have them right worries um, and i go through in the book about different ways that you can use it with your child but i i it's been an amazing tool and you know often your point that you made about you know as adults we have the vocabulary we have the you know i can call up my best friend and say hey julie I'm I'm struggling about this right now, right? Yeah. A lot of kids don't don't have those skills, and what it does is it really captures the nonverbal. So I started doing this work with my son when he was four, four and a half. Uh, not by choice, but because we were in a traumatic car accident uh, that changed our lives and and changed the trajectory of our lives, and is still still affects us today. Um, And at four and a half, he had no words to describe what had happened. But when we sat down at the table with a really big journal, blank journal, we would draw and it would all come out. And it was an incredible, it was incredible to witness it. And I really, really believe that um, he was able to get the pain and a lot of it out. Because what happens from an addiction counseling perspective is when we don't acknowledge pain, it goes underground, it builds, and it's like it gets, you know, it's like a bucket, right? You know, the book fill the bucket, Well, you can fill the bucket the other way with pain, right? And when we we, we come and we go, I'm just gonna pretend this pain doesn't exist and paint it pink. If we do that, for a long, 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 long time, that has consequences, right? And then we see, we see the acting out of the pain that's gone underground because actually all it needs is just to be, have a soft place to land. What if I'm not jumping in to fix it? What if I'm not as a parent instructing you do it this way, right? Yeah. Oh, you're doing a fire engine. It has to be read. No, it's, so this book is actually about teaching. It's taught me, um, how to let go with my perfectionism, my instruction, and actually to give the the gift of presence. Right. And and once I do that, it's amazing what happens. It's like, and when I'm having a bad day, um, I can sit down at the journal because I have my one page, and he's got his page. And you know, I'll be doing this, I get a break at the same time, and I'm drawing this and He comes up and he's like, "What are you doing? I'm kind of having a crabby day, so I'm I'm taking these stickers and I'm gonna crab it out on the page. What am I modeling? Am I modeling? I'm just modeling. I have feelings. I'm gonna express them. No one's getting hurt by my crabby feelings. I don't need to pink paint them, right? Definitely,
0: definitely. I I want to pick up on one little thing that you said, which was. Mm about attachment. Mm -hmm. And something that we might not be thinking about is that just because we're together all the time, because we are, we're definitely more with our children than we were ever before likely. Yeah. Um, especially with, you know, not having activities and play dates and all these things and birthday parties. Right. Yeah. But being together does not actually mean we're creating attachment and bonds. And so even if you're looking at the book, just from that perspective, I think it can be an incredible, Mm-hmm. way to add, you know, to build that relationship with your child. And like you said, model the behavior that yeah. you know allows for expression of how we're feeling in a safe way. So I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited. So we'll talk about, um, me getting my copy in the next couple of days. I'm very excited to get started with that. Yeah, me too. So I'm, uh, I've loved our conversation. We've kind of touched on so many different things, which is great. I love that we've been able to kind of go on this journey together. We talked a little bit about gratitude journaling, but yes. what other ways do you personally, you know, how does gratitude fit into your day or your week or your practices? I'd love to hear mm-hmm. about that.
1: I like the word, um, thankful. Um, so I've, i work and, and appreciate. So, um, One of the things that I like to do at dinner, I don't do it every night, but I'd like to say, you know, what are we grateful for? I am grateful for, you know, so that's a good practice for us. But the other piece with journaling is that I find I find um, I respond to other words than grateful. So I will say I'm thankful for and give myself a writing prompt. Right now, I appreciate Mm. Um, because it, it seems to like draw me into the moment more. Um, I, I just end up kind of being right there present when I, when I make the writing prompts more accessible for me, I guess. Um, so that's a really, really big, um, thing that I do. And the other piece is that they say mm, in the morning, the big piece for me is to have like three minutes three to seven minutes where I can tune in to my breath with my journal in a cozy spot and kind of think of one thing that I can be 100% like when I immediately when I think of it makes me smile. Mm. That tunes me in so much to gratitude and you know, like even just sitting here right now, I could do it. It's just like, what is the thing that I can think of that immediately when I think of, it, I just, it may, it delights you. It lights me up. To me, that's tuning into gratitude.
0: Oh, that was juicy. I love that. And I haven't heard that before. So thank you for sharing. I love You're
1: welcome. But I do you love know what it. you was thinking keep, about? What's that? But do you know what I was thinking about? All right. Do you want to share? Yeah. Go ahead. Jube-jubes.
0: My daughter there with you. She ate all the jube-jubes off her gingerbread house within a day. I love it. I love that you know, there's just so many ways to practice gratitude. You know, we're here, we're in, we're closing in on a hundred episodes of the podcast and I'm still being surprised by different ways that people work with gratitude. Like you said, with different words, being thankful or appreciation. Yeah. All of these things are ways that we can, um, deepen our practice or maybe just like one little thing that Nicole has shared is like, that's what I want to start doing today. So, Nicole, I know if we're local, it's easy for us to connect with you and and get a copy of your book. But if we're listening, and we might not be from the Lanceville area, how do we connect with you?
1: Um, You can go to my website, it's nicolenatris.com. And um, I have to mention that my book is available as a digital copy if you want to. But uh, it's available also at Cool and Child is carrying the hard copies Um, as well as a journal together kit, which is at Amethyst Forest. Both of those are in Nanaimo. I also am so excited to share that there is a store in Cumberland, little village store that is carrying my hard copy book. And the super, super, super big news I'm excited about is Caversham Booksellers. Do you know it? I looked it up. In downtown Toronto, one of my favorite bookstores is it's a specialty mental health psychology bookstore. They have just picked it up. So I'm really, really excited about it. Um, Yay. Yeah, so, and it's, it's, it's really, yeah, my first book and hopefully not my last, um, but I would not recommend anyone trying to write a book during a pandemic.
0: You know, it's interesting. I think you're the third person I've had on the podcast, though, that has written a book during the yeah. pandemic. So yeah. I guess everyone deals with their pandemic feelings in a different way. So amazing, Nicole. I, <laughs> I'm i so excited. I will be getting a physical copy of it. And, Thank you. Um, you know, we find you. I know you're on Facebook a lot. That's where you and I connect the most. So I'll make sure all the links are in the show notes for everybody.
1: Sure. And, and they can have a sample, like download okay. a, a sample chapter, too. If you just want to print it off on my website too.
0: Absolutely. It's a great way to know if it's the right book
1: for you. So yeah, thank you again, Nicole. I've just really, really enjoyed
0: our time together. It's been so wonderful.
1: Thank you for having me. Go Lanceville, go. I know,
0: right? Got to support. We're micro local and supporting each other the best we can. But what I love about the podcast vehicle is that people from around the globe, I know this podcast gets listened to in many, many countries around the world. And they can connect with your work. Like you said, they can connect with it online, digital copy, all that, yeah. even if they're not in our little village of Lansville. Thanks again, Yes. Nicole. Thank you. Thanks for sticking around to the end of the podcast. I have a little surprise for you. Did you hear me at the beginning of the podcast when I mentioned there's going to be a giveaway? Well, guess what? You can enter right now. It's really simple. All you have to do is visit wakeupwithgratitudepodcast.com and click on enter the giveaway to enter right now before the 100th episode even drops. I'll be giving away a number of items from my Wake Up With Gratitude shop, including my book, some cards, and a beautiful journal, as well as some special one-on-one time for us together, to talk about whatever it is that you choose to. Maybe you're looking to start a podcast, you've got some business advice you're looking for, or maybe you just wanna chat. Whatever it is, that time will be for us. So go to wakeupwithgratitudepodcast.com to enter today.